Kanban on the air. Thanks for tuning in to Instagram Growth Podcast. We love having you here and it's our mission to bring you all of the latest and greatest tips, skills and know-how to make you the best Instagram marketer that you can be. We know that you have it in you and we are going to show you how. Now, let's get started. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the new Combine podcast episode. So here is your host, Anne, and today I'm here accompanied by global award-winning entrepreneurial leadership expert, Dina Preston-Ordes. Hello, Dina. Welcome to the show. Hey, welcome. Thank you for having me. I appreciate the warm welcome. Glad to be here. Yeah, thank you for coming. Could you please tell me and my audience more about you and your area of expertise? Sure, you bet. Um, it's funny, I actually started my career busking as a street musician in front of Ripley's, believe it or not. So in between my classes, um, my college classes in San Francisco, I would go down to the wharf with my guitar and I would uh, bus so I could pay my rent and, and feed myself. And so that's actually how I started my music career. And uh, I ended up uh, having a professional music career. I've toured in 43 countries and 26 uh, global tours with my band, the Dina Preston Band. We've worked for the U.S. State Department and other government entities and corporate clients. And uh, late in my career, um, I decided to go back so I could run my music uh, business effectively and efficiently. I went back and got my MBA. And once that was done, I started teaching at the collegiate level and I loved it. And I ended up being a full-time professor. I have a doctorate now in business. So my background and my specialty is specifically in marketing, but um, I've got a pretty strong background in most things that are in business management, leadership, um, finance, so you name it. I just uh, wrote a book called 31 Cents to 43 Countries called uh, Hardcore Tips to Increasing Profits. And last year, it just won the Independent Authors Network um, Book of the Year in Business, Sales, and Economics. So that's a little bit about me. Oh, my congratulations about the book. Thank you so much. I really, really enjoyed uh, writing it. It was, a, it was a labor of love. So can you say that marketing is your passion? I really, really uh, love marketing. I enjoy it. And I will say, yes, it is a passion. I'll say business is my passion because if you think about marketing, marketing is really a subset of the larger business plan. So I tell my students that the most important thing about a business plan, starting a business is the finances and marketing. So those are the two most important elements. I fight with the accountants because they say that finance is the most important, but quite frankly, I believe it's marketing because if you don't have a product, a pricing strategy, promotions, and of course, um, distribution, you're not going to bring the money in. So yes, I absolutely have a passion for marketing and know its importance within the business function. Yeah, you're absolutely right. So you need to have some certain strategy, some certain tactics, some certain plan if you want to organize a business and to achieve your goals in that niche of sphere. So um, what is marketing plan or marketing strategy from your point of view? What elements does it have and what elements should it include? I think everybody, all marketing plans have to start with a mission statement because a mission statement will guide us. So we look at the organization's mission statement and that will guide us on what decisions we need to make to achieve that mission statement. So I always have my clients and my students start with a mission statement. Once that is completed, then I have them do an internal and external and um, environmental examination. So we look at the internal um, environments, strengths and weaknesses, and then we look at the outside 
or external environments that we find in the legal, political, cultural, technical, global, um, certainly economics, to see what opportunities and threats we can take advantage of, and of course, opportunities we can take advantage of, and of course, threats that we need to minimize. Once that's done, a lot of people forget this, is that you have to come up with a quantitative objective or something to measure the marketing plan against. And the way that I do that is I usually look, I go into and do, of course, industry research, but um, I'll usually look at uh, Dun & Bradstreet here and take a look at the industry and see what um, the objectives or the measurements are um, in that industry. And then I'll create an objective based on what the industry is doing. Sometimes I'll look at local research as well, because sometimes a region can be do, doing better or worse than perhaps the overall um, nation um, objective. Then we're gonna uh, select our target audience based on whether or not we can meet their need. And here's the second part, whether or not that particular target audience can meet our objective. And usually what I mean by that is our quantitative objective or fiscal objective. Does it make sense to go after a target market if, there, if the demand is not high enough, right? To achieve your objectives. Yeah. And then after that, um, we start working on the strategies for the four Ps, uh, product, price, placement, promotion. We make sure that their position, they all work together, um, high, medium, or low. And my students and my clients sometimes forget that. So I can't sell a Rolex watch in the 99 cent store. Um, that's an extreme example, but you get the idea. We have, need to make sure that everything is integrated, everything is working well. And then, of course, we want to measure what we're doing so we can measure the promotional plan. And we use technology so much now because of data analytics um, that we can use that as one part of the measurement tool. I'll update that based on what's happening, is it successful, not successful, and then I'll do an overall trend analysis to look at whether or not the actual whole marketing plan is working. And then it's uh, cyclical, so it's always moving and it's always changing, we're always updating it. And I think those are the main components. Now there's a ton of little components with, within each of those steps, but I would say overall that's the macro version of it. Oh, thank you. And how important is the competitor's research? really important because it can give you um, a foot up on what's going on in the marketplace, especially if you're a new entrant into the marketplace, you can actually see what's going on. Um, if you're not sure about pricing, that's a great place to start to see what your competitors are doing. Do you want to price like the competitors? Do you want to price a little bit higher, a little bit lower, uh, depending on your positioning? Um, oftentimes, too, you can see where they are successful in the marketplace and based on your own resources. You may not want to go head to head with them. You might want to go in a, in a different space. And so uh, looking at your competitors can help you find that space that maybe is not being met. That's exactly what I did with my music business. So while most people think of musicians, um, successful musicians as having a, a large recording career and touring, I decided to go a different route. And we went into the meetings and event industry. I found really early in my career that they pay very highly for great musicians and bands. And they also will send you overseas and you can tour and they will sponsor and support you. That's a way different business model than going out and becoming a famous star. So yeah, that's a different approach, but still very interesting. Yeah. So I think it, looking at the competition again will help you with the basic strategy, but it will also help you find where perhaps you have that special niche or that market niche. Yeah. Yeah. And speaking about the niche, so, one of the most essential steps in any marketing plans, I think, is 
understanding high-level marketing and business goals. So why you do this, what for you do this, and so on. So because they serve as a foundation of your plan. But some people still fail to set up the goal, though they understand so what their business is about and so on. So what is the easiest way to identify your goals clearly? Again, what I tell my students is you have to go back and look at the mission district mission statement of the organization because the mission statement of the organization is going to guide you, right? It's going to tell you in which direction the organization wants to go. Once you do that, you need to go in. If you're already an established business, you can go back and look at your past goals, your sales. What did you do? What didn't you do well? What areas uh, need work? But I don't think that's enough. I think you also have to go in and do market research to look at what the industry standards are. And then um, oftentimes I bring it down to a, a regional point uh, to see what the region is doing, because sometimes, again, the region may not be matching exactly what the national reports are telling you. Regions might be ahead selling more or they might be less. For example, here in Arizona, we've got a really um, high uh, market rate if you're a realtor right now. Homes are selling. There's not a lot of them. So if you're in sales, um, that's good for you. But in other places in the U.S. right now, uh, marketing uh, because of COVID is start marketing in the uh, real estate area is starting to um, slow down as a result of people not wanting to move. And so if I looked at that from a national standpoint, I was selling here in Arizona, I wouldn't really understand that there's actually a great opportunity here to sell. So you have to look at the bigger picture, do a market research and then bring it down to the regional. Yeah, thank you. So if we speak about marketing strategy or marketing plan, does this word uh, have any timeline? So when you create a marketing strategy, you create it for some certain period of time, like for a quarter, for a month, for a year? So, yes, I think there's a larger marketing plan. We don't make them as long as we used to. There was a time in this, you know, when I started marketing that you could make it, you could do a long-term strategy for five to seven years. That's no longer the case because of technology. So we're, so it moves, everything moves at a must, much faster rate. But I think uh, you can go anywhere from one to three years for your larger goals, but then you're going to have shorter goals. You're going to have uh, quarterly goals, for example, in your promotions that you're going to have to constantly be watching and updating. So, yes, you have the larger strategy, again, the long-term goals. But within that, you're going to have the short-term goals goals that you're going to have to monitor on a regular basis. Yeah, as you said, um, the development of technology is moving forward and is taking us forward. So the same happens with social media and with marketing channels. There are many, many marketing channels nowadays, uh, a lot more than 10 years ago. So... Um, how to choose the best marketing channel for your business, for your niche. So do you have any recommendations? And maybe you can um, tell me from your point of view, from your experience, so what is uh, the best marketing channel and what are the advantages and disadvantages of that? So you have to go back to the um, what we call the communication model. And the communication model tells us that we have to choose the best tool based on our target audience's communication needs and based on our own budget or resources. So again, the tool is going to vary based on your resources, how much money you have to spend and the needs of your target audience. So if I'm selling a product or service to uh, seniors 65 or older, it may not make sense to use a lot of social media. It may not make sense to go into a TikTok platform. 
Instead, I might go into Facebook because I can afford it, one, and I can budget myself based on that. And two, a, a large amount of my target audience is located in Facebook. So again, you have to figure out where your audience is located, what are their communication needs, and then you've got to get to them via that vehicle. And then, of course, it's based on your resources as well. If I'm a small business, it certainly doesn't make sense to go on TV and advertise because I'm never going to have enough budget to continue to advertise to get that message out over and over and over again. So those are the considerations that you need to think about. And then how do you define what marketing activities should be there, like advertisement on TV or just creating a blog or digital advertisements or emails, newsletters, again, podcasting, webinars? Again, you have to decide based on what your target audience's needs are, where are they located? You, it doesn't make sense to go into a platform where your target audience isn't. And then the tool that you use is also going to be based on what their needs are. So if I'm going to, again, advertise to a very young group, uh, uh, teen group, um, let's say 10 to 16, it may not make sense to choose a blog, right? Because that's not where their interest is. It may be make more sense to go onto a TikTok platform where I'm actually using videos. You really have to understand your, the communication needs of your target market. And then you also need to choose platforms where they can integrate with each other so that you're sending the same message out, but you may tweak it a little bit based on whatever the platform's tools are. So I, may, I just sent out a message uh, yesterday uh, regarding my business. We just got back from Washington, D.C. So it was, it was um, Facebook. It was Twitter. Um, it was LinkedIn because I serve business to business market. And that's where my clients are located. Same message, but I just tweaked the actual uh, promotional um, tool based on the platform. What is the best tip that you would like to give yourself 10 years ago, for example? Um, I didn't understand 10 years ago that marketing was a business strategy and it was a subset of the larger business strategy. And so I didn't understand, like most um, people don't understand, that marketing is much more than just promotions. So now I understand that it's product development it's pricing. You have to understand pricing and distribution. Right now in marketing, distribution is probably the area that's going to give your organization the best competitive advantage. There's so much noise out there in the world right now that promotion plays an important role, but it may not play as, an, as much of a role as, say, finding a distribution channel. And again, I'll go back to my own example that um, in music, most people think of musicians as becoming big stars in order to make a living and do well. In my case, I found a different distribution channel and that cut down on my amount of promotions, right, which can be very expensive because I found a different way to get my product out there and there was a need out there as well. So understand what the need of a client is and then figure out how to deliver that product in a way that nobody else is to give you the best competitive advantage. Yeah, thank you so much. So you talked a lot uh, today about marketing and business. So what is actually the way to access you on the internet? How can my audience learn more about your business, about what you offer? So I think the best way to do is probably go to LinkedIn and it's under Don and Dino Ortiz. That's one way. You can also visit my website, uh, www.deospeaks.com or come and visit my band site, which is www.dinapreston.com and that's D-I-N-A PrestonBand.com and uh, just say hello. It'd be great to meet everybody. Thank you so much for this interview. It was fun to talk to you. You too. Take care. 
This is a podcast sponsored by Combin.com. Grow and manage your Instagram safely and organically with Combin Growth and Combin Scheduler. Instagram promotion is easy. Combin.com.